0: the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the movies he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the fiancé.
0: Today we are jolly and bright.
1: Yes, we are, because it's Christmas!
0: Yes, indeed.
1: And what better way to celebrate our second Christmas, because on this show we talk about musicals of the past, of the present, and sometimes we allude to the musicals of the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And what better way than to talk about a musical that covers past, present and future? Yes, indeed. It's not The Muppets Christmas Carol.
0: Unfortunately. We can't cover that one because Danny has already seen it.
1: Maybe we'll cover it next year as a, you know, we'll re-watch it for the season and talk about why we love it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you're right. It does defeat the point of this show where you're forcing me to watch a musical I should have seen by now. Yeah. But...
0: If maybe if people really want us to watch it, we'll watch it.
1: Yeah, but I think that this, is, this is what's so interesting. I love A Christmas Carol. I love the story. It was one of the first grown-up books that I read as a child that I felt really accomplished with. And I know that by modern standards, it's maybe not the most accomplished of Charles Dickens' books.
0: Yeah, it is a novella.
1: But as a seven year old, it was still pretty cool when usually you read like little Disney books or things of the sort, you know, to read something with Dickensian language.
0: What was your reading age at age seven? I don't
1: know. I read Jacqueline Wilson too. I read books. I loved reading. Still do. But it was the first kind of big classic that I remember reading.
0: Yeah.
1: And I love A Christmas Carol. There's so many good versions of it. Mm
0: hmm. Notably the Muppets one. The Muppets is the best version. Yes. The Muppets is a perfect film. But I
1: think, and that's also part of the problem I'm worried about with this. I have two big obstacles with this iteration of Christmas Carol with Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge and Alan Menken as the lyricist. Composer. Is he a composer? Mm
0: -hmm. He's actively not a lyricist.
1: Okay. I apologise. But... I'll get into the second reason why I'm a bit concerned in a moment. But the first one is when you think musical Christmas Carol, Mm -hmm. you think the Muppets. How are the songs in this going to compare, especially when they are iconic songs? If you think Kermit doing, after all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. Yep. You know, that song lives in my head head rent-free all year long. Mm -hmm. So does Marley and Marley. I don't know if this song, any of the songs in this film will compare. Yeah. But is that a fair assumption? Because this came after The Muppets Christmas Carol by quite a large margin.
0: Yes, it did.
1: So The Muppets is... 1991?
0: Yeah, and this is 1994.
1: Oh, is it? I thought this was 2004.
0: Well, no, the show, the original musical Christmas Carol is 1994. The movie is 2004.
1: Okay. So that in itself is interesting. Mm -hmm. What is your favourite non-Muppet version of Christmas Carol? I actually have no idea.
0: Really? I, I would not choose to watch a version
1: of Christmas Carol of Christmas
0: Carol that wasn't this or the Muppets. Because it's this. If it's not the Muppets, it's this version. That's why I'm making you watch it. And that's fair enough. Because I, I, I actively dislike the animation on the... Oh my God, who was in it?
1: Jim Carrey and Carrie Owens. Yeah. And Colin Firth.
0: Yeah. I really... It's so Uncanny Valley... I hate that kind of, like, it looks too much like them, but also not enough like them. It's like a a clay figure. Like, oh, no, it makes me feel really I
1: really like that version. And you know that it came out the same year as Nativity.
0: Yeah, I know. I went to Nativity.
1: I I got my Cineworld Unlimited pass back in the day, that year that they came out, and I saw them both in quick succession.
0: Double bill. I,
1: I do like the Jim Carrey one. I think... It's too long. The, right, I'll tell you the bits I don't like, and I know that I saw a conversation with Ian and others on one of the, the BFE threads. Mm. I agree with Ian that I don't like scenes that were made for 3D that, that don't translate when you're not watching it in 3D.
0: Yes, right. This is my issue with it. It's the same problem I had with Polar Express, yeah. which is that this is an animation... And therefore, they have a lot of leeway to make scenes that are made for 3D. But you're already working in a 3D medium because this is computer animation. So we don't need more of it on top of that. It's already a lot to ask for your audience to look at these animated characters and first recognize that they are supposed to be these real actors. Yes. And then also accept that they are the characters. Because the one thing that works really well with animated movies is that you don't have to look past the actor to see the character. And it's like one of the biggest criticisms that a lot of actors get is like, oh, they're not playing the character. It's just them in this movie, like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Everyone was always just like, yeah, he's not acting. (laughs) This is just how he is. But with animation, it doesn't matter because all of the acting is voice acting, which takes a lot more effort to convey just the emotion through your voice. So we don't then need to also see Colin Firth's face in yeah. a creepy animated way. See, I don't like <laughs> Two seconds of that film.
1: the ghost of Christmas Yet to Be, the weird sequence where Scrooge is shrunk and he's yeah, like... Yeah, that being, was done. That I don't like. The that rest was of, so
0: video game for But them. it was because
1: there was a video game for mm-hmm. the DS of A Christmas Carol, which you know you've jumped the gun when you have a video game version of A Christmas Carol but i i like elements of it and i'd certainly like the idea that it was all filmed with the, you know the motion capture suits and then animated on top of it
0: yeah but it did look like the last of us you know like
1: but then there's an element of i quite liked that scrooge or a representation of scrooge portrayed the three different ghosts mm-hmm. it's like scrooge is learning from his failures my one of my favorite ones scrooge I love Scrooge with Bill Murray. I think that's fantastic. We watched
0: that for the first time last year. I've watched it many it a before. year. But
1: I really like the translation of a modern Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah, I like that. And like the
1: whole TV exec thing. I think that's really cool. I also really enjoy Mickey's Christmas Carol. Just as a cute little half an hour to watch with Mickey as Bob Cratchit and all of that is really, really right. fun.
0: And I... While I accept that that's where Scrooge McDuck comes from, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> because I want it, if I'm having Scrooge McDuck, I want DuckTales.
1: Yeah. So I have seen many a different version. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen the Alistair Sims version, which is Scrooge over here, but it's a Christmas carol in different oh, yeah, territories. I like
0: that one the other
1: day. I like that one. That Basically great. filmed on the Oliver back lot.
0: 100%. It's just the set of Oliver.
1: I really like this story. And this is a story I've seen a hundred different ways. There's also one I've seen with, um, oh, Matthew McConaughey, I think it was. What? And it wasn't Christmas Carol, but it was the same idea. It was like, instead of Ghosts of Christmas Past, it was like exes past. Oh my God,
0: Girlfriends of Christmas Past. Oh my God. Things
1: like that. Like as a tripe, there's there's stuff you can do. And obviously we talked about the guy who didn't like musicals. And I thought it was going to be like Christmas Mm Carol-esque with, you know, musicals past present and future teaching him to le- you know learn to love musicals so this one is up against it right from the get-go yeah because for the
0: second reason for the
1: second reason i love a christmas carol i love muppets but the second reason a few years ago i believe it was 2018 christmas
0: 2018
1: yeah some years ago somebody from the school i work at booked a trip for students to go and see christmas carol at a local theater yes the person hadn't done their research. They did it over two nights because they couldn't get enough tickets for the whole year group to go and see it, but on on the same night. And because it's the set text, they have to study *Christmas Carol*. They usually use the Muppets to watch it and understand the plot. But they will all they thought we'll also take them to the theatre to go see this.
0: Did they know it was the musical? No,
1: right. So I go went on the second night, and they came and found me that same day, and were like, "Just so you you know, it's a musical, and it's also an amateur dramatics." musical and then i was like oh okay is the was...
0: correlation between that and the grades that that year group got
1: <laughs> but the person said to me it's like yeah i'm really really angry i'm really really disappointed i can't believe i didn't check and i looked on the website i was like
0: she say it right there i was
1: like it was really easy to find out anyway i was like look it'll still be fine we're front row this the production was great you had like steps and levels this is the one i've told you about in the past where i had to tell a child off because during the second act it's funny but it's not it funny is at the funny, time but it's
0: not funny. they did
1: have children in it yeah. and they did say to me because they had Tiny Tim at the top of the stairs
0: yeah
1: and they just whispered to me and I like, wouldn't it be funny if Tiny Tim fell down the stairs and it's
0: <laughs> like course, no it's not, not funny, funny but when you're sat in a theater and everything's quiet and you can then just yeah like and
1: that, you I can gosh. picture it as well like t- you know the worst character to have fallen down the stairs but um, I remember. That they actually had the Ghost of Christmas Present came out with dancing presents, mm. and was like, "Here's what we're having: the Ghost of Christmas Present," mm. and I didn't like that. And I remember you've got Mister Fezziwig's annual Christmas ball, Rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat. Yeah, and I just remember that so many kids would come up to me after and just be like, rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat-tat. and they would use that as an example of why the night was a waste. Right. And I, obviously nothing against amateur dramatic groups. I think the production values at this theatre were good. So they'd obviously done a good job. But there were some things that felt like it was trying to be quite panto as well. And when you've got some really serious scenes and then some panto-esque scenes like The Ghost of Christmas Present. Yeah. It just doesn't work. You've mm. got to choose a style. Like credit to Woking Theatre. When they did uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, everything is panto and it is great. They aren't trying to become serious.
0: Yeah, there's nothing serious about it.
1: It's all very, very fun. Yeah. Whereas here, it was a bit of both.
0: So, the original Christmas Carol musical came out in 1994. It opened at Madison Square Garden at the Paramount nice. Theatre. And it was performed annually between 1994 and 2003. So every Christmas, they had a new cast doing the show and performing it. With music by Alan Menken, obviously, who we love.
1: We do love Alan Menken. And
0: lyrics by Lynn Ahrens, who I love, who recently did the Broadway Anastasia once on this island, but is known best, I think, for uh, winning a Tony Award for Ragtime. Cool. As well as working on things like Seussical, which is great. Yes. So she worked on the lyrics with Alan Menken writing the music. And then we have Mike Ockrent, who wrote the book, and he directed Educating Rita. Cool. Yeah. I think that's all you'll know him from.
1: So they worked on this in 1994. Yes. So is this... So Alan Menken's not actually involved in Lion King, because that's Tim Rice and Elton John. So is this...
0: No, because Alan Menken was working on Pocahontas.
1: Oh, okay. So I wasn't like, this is him having like a Disney break. And he's like, well, I've got some free time. Let's do a Christmas carol. No, well, the
0: thing is, the way that uh, the Disney movie musicals worked in the 90s was they would write the songs about a year in advance. Yes. And they would write like 20 songs. Like, if you actually go back and look at Beauty and the Beast, the original soundtrack for Beauty and the Beast before the movie was ever made has like 30 songs on the soundtrack. And then a lot of them were then incorporated into the stage musical, which is the same thing that they did with Hunchback when they made the stage musical. Yeah. They added all the extra songs And like songs Aladdin,
1: in. it's got like Proud of Your Boy, which is Yeah, isn't... which
0: is such a good song. But
1: that only worked because at the point in time that thread was going to be picked up, whereas when it came to condensing it...
0: Well, thread... and in the original plot, his parents were still alive. Yes. Both of them.
1: Exactly. And it's the same with Frozen. Obviously, you've got a lot of extra songs that never made the cut because... But are
0: now in the stage yeah, show. But yeah, but in the
1: same way that the songs worked whilst you know, we had the thread that Elsa was the villain. Mm -hmm. And when that thread went, because we were like, oh, sisters. Yeah. (laughs) Sisters. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that, that plot became more important.
0: Yeah. So he'd finished working on Pocahontas. Yes. By the time that this came around. So the original 1994 production had Walter Charles playing Ebenezer Scrooge.
1: Yeah.
0: Who has been in a lot of, Broadway stuff, like he was in Cats in cool. the '80s. He was in Sweeney Todd. He's done like everything, including being in like Law and Order, which I think is the... every
1: American actor or personality needs to be in it.
0: Has to have been in Law and Order at or some NCIS.
1: Point. One like you know you have to have done something like it's that. So funny. Like, it's even... like the
0: UK version is you're on the bill,
1: yeah, or like or Casualty. Or
0: casualty. <laughs>
1: it was like even Justin Bieber's been on one of them in America, yeah, which is it's like so
0: funny, yeah, but since then so they played for so many years but they had terence mann play scrooge they had tony roberts roger daltrey jim hale roddy mcdowell which was his final ever role yeah tony randall han linden f murray abraham and tim curry
1: i can imagine tim curry would be a phenomenal scrooge
0: Mm -hmm. then i'm just gonna skip over the film version briefly to talk about more stage versions so we got it in London. Between 2016 and 2020, there are a couple of different versions. So it opened in 2016 at the Lyceum Theatre as a concert production, which had Robert Lindsay playing Ebenezer Scrooge. You had Alex Garmond as Bob Cratchit. Carrie Hope Fletcher as Emily. <laughs> and Hugh Maynard as the Ghost of Christmas Present. Like a bunch of really, really talented performers. But it was a stand-up concert version, much like the Loomis concert. Yeah,
1: which isn't my best way into watching shows.
0: However, they included elements of dance into this.
1: Yes. And cool. I say
0: elements because they didn't have a dance chorus, but they had the performers who were there do parts of the show.
1: Nice. Which I like worked that. really
0: well. Then in 2017 it was staged again at the Lyceum with Robert Lindsay returning as the role in the role of Scrooge. Again in 2018, but this time with Griff Reese Jones, which is the version that I saw. Cool. And Alan Mencken was in the front row. Nice. He went to see it. And then from the 7th of December 2020, they opened again at the Dominion Theatre during the pandemic. Yes. And it was a socially distanced staged version with Brian Connolly playing Scrooge. Cool.
1: I remember seeing that. I remember thinking, I'd love to go see this, but. You know, lockdowns.
0: Yeah. Well, it was due to close on the 2nd of January. Yes. It opened on the 7th of December, but it actually finished on the 15th.
1: Yeah, because the tier system. Yes. Which makes sense. and It's such a shame, obviously, for that to happen. But...
0: Yeah. But there have been huge, amazing casts doing this show. And, like, every single time, it is amazing. Because you get... The whole wonderful story of A Christmas Carol, but through these amazingly enjoyable songs. And even, like you say, the serious moments, some of the songs for those serious moments, while they aren't performed seriously, they become really sinister. Yes. Because of the words that they're saying. Like, there is one song in particular that I'm thinking of where it's quite an upbeat song but they're singing about how scrooge is damned for all eternity and it's great because the longer you listen to it the more you're like wait what are they saying oh my god like yeah actually this is really sinister and really dark but we're all sitting and having a bop and a good time which is great i think that is a really good way to get people more into this show yeah so in 2004 on november 28th NBC premiered A Christmas Carol, The Musical, which is a television film made for TV, obviously based on and inspired by the stage musical by Alan Menken and Lynn Ahrens. And Lynn Ahrens actually adapted this. She wrote the teleplay. She based it on the book that they wrote for the stage musical and... The score for the film actually contains 22 songs compared to the 28 that is in the stage show. So we've kept very, very similar to the stage production, which is something I really appreciate in musicals. At the moment, we uh, are due to talk about West Side Story. And one of the things that I really liked about West Side Story is that they kept all of the the songs in. (laughs) I wish people wouldn't cut stuff. The movie is long enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and And that, I think... We're here to see an adaptation. You can still put your own spin on it mm-hmm. without it being completely new. You don't need to completely rewrite the you know, the, the script, as it were.
0: Yeah, and there are a couple of songs in here that have, instead of cutting songs, you've got two songs from the original show that have been merged into one song, and now it's got a new name. So the opening song in the stage show is called The Years Are Passing By, And then it goes into Jolly Rich and Fat, which are two different songs. But our opening number is called Jolly Good Time, which is both of those songs together.
1: And that's not a bad thing. You know, if you're combining songs, fine. It's when you ditch them and write a new song. Mm. You know. Yeah. So we've obviously got a fantastic cast in this version that we're going to be watching and, you know, when I saw the DVD, when we bought the DVD, I thought, oh, cool. I'm going to have a great time with this because we've got obviously Kelsey Grammer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have got, I'm going to mispronounce the name. and I, I, I really wish I knew how to say it. Jane Krakowski. Yeah. She is fantastic in 30 Rock mm-hmm. and she's brilliant in Kimmy Schmidt.
0: I was going to say, I'm. I'm sure she was in that too.
1: But I know her more so as this kind of comic character where she's, you know, this over-the-top eccentric diva-esque character in 30 Rock and I think this will be quite interesting to see. Yeah. Because this will be her before Thirty Rock started.
0: I have honestly no I idea. I think Thirty
1: Rock started in two thousand and five. And
0: see, this is the thing: a lot of the car- a lot of the actors who are going to show up in this, you are going to know, yeah, because this is such an all star cast, yeah. But they've done a really, really good job of casting actors that people know from films and TV shows who also have a huge background. In musical theatre, yes. so Jane Krakowski was in Starlight Express. Yeah, is a
1: phenomenal singer. She
0: played Fanny Bryce in Funny Girl. Wow. Like she's a crazy, yes. amazing singer.
1: We've also got Jason Alexander, who we saw in the Cinderella musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
0: Jason Alexander, <laughs> not the
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber one, yeah. and not Slipper in the Rose. I know there's so many musical versions of Cinderella, but the Whitney Houston one. We've got Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yes, in we do, this, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Ruthie Henshaw, Yep. we saw in Billy Elliot. Yes, we did. We got, I think, did we see Jesse L. Martin in Rent?
0: Yes, good remembering.
1: So Jesse L. Martin is Tom in Rent, the one who's like feeling dizzy. Yeah. Yes.
0: The one who dates Angel, yeah.
1: Yes. So we do have, you know, a really good musical cast for this. I say that, I don't know if Jennifer Love Hewitt can sing. But, you know, she certainly is in this.
0: What was the last musical we watched that had Jennifer Love Hewitt in it? I
1: don't know if I've ever seen Jennifer Love Hewitt in a musical. You have. What was it?
0: It was Sister Act Two. Oh, yeah, of course. She's one of the students.
1: Yeah, but she doesn't sing. She does? Like, solo. Not solo, but exactly. she just sings. She was so,
0: cast for her ability to sing. Exa- yeah,
1: so, you know, that's different. But I I think this is going to be good Um, I don't, there's obviously a lot of names I don't recognise on this cast. But there's a
0: lot of people who you will visibly recognise.
1: Yeah, but I know that Kelsey Grammer, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason, he's ended up doing some really, really just low-budget awful films Mm -hmm. lately. Like, his his star has diminished, and I know that he's obviously had troubles with addiction and things like that, but... But I I really like him as Frasier.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think he was great casting as Beast. I grew up One out of the few forward. things that X-Men 3 The Last Stand got right was casting him as Beast.
0: Yeah.
1: I know that you loved him in Finding Neverland and I know he can sing from that. So I am sure... Oh, he
0: was amazing in Finding Neverland. I was so lucky to get to see him in that.
1: Yeah. Um, was he also in Big Fish?
0: yeah oh my god i forgot about that god so that made me cry so much yeah i may
1: have never seen him singing but i know f- actually no tell a lie tell singing. a lie he's sideshow bob isn't he yes he is so of course i know he can sing because he has done um oh who did pirates gilbert and sullivan yeah so i know he can he's sing. like
0: classic broadway
1: yeah so this i think is going to be good i mm. You know, he's
0: also uh, produced a lot of musicals now. Really, like he produced the 2016 uh, Color Purple. He won a Tony Award for that. Nice. He was in. He's played Sweeney Todd previously. He played Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Oh, I could see that. He, uh, his first Tony nomination was for being in The Cardo Fall, cool. which he was really, really good in. I
1: mean, yeah.
0: by the standards of the time, you know. Yeah. But. I love him. I think he's great. But like you say, I don't know that much about him as a person.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I think that's what we should do is just, you know.
0: I know he went to Juilliard. Oh my God. what he
1: learned at Juilliard. And he's the
0: narrator in Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which we watched the other day.
1: Yes. So this is it. You know, he's Stinky Pete as well. And I like him as
0: that. Stinky Pete?
1: He's Stinky Pete. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. He's Rothbart in Barbie of Swan Lake. (laughs) Which is what, the first thing I think I ever saw him in.
1: And we certainly shall not be watching Father Christmas is Back. Just based on what I... Oh I've, my
0: god, no, the trailer for that looks terrible. I
1: listened to the watch along the best film ever did of it. And I don't think we're missing out on much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm quite happy that I think I'm going to enjoy this one. But I think the question is going to be... Mm. Where does this rank compared to the Muppets? And that's that's the difficult hurdle that this one has. I know Alan Menken is tremendous, but
0: well, at the time it was considered the third best musical version of A Christmas Carol, and that while the uh, while the reviewers had like mixed feelings about Kelsey Grammer's acting, and Jason Alexander is the one that was called into First in the most, the ghosts were the ones that were praised the highest in cool. this because they gave phenomenal performances.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to get the ghosts right.
0: However, one thing that people did say was that casting Kelsey Grammer was such a good idea because he's naturally charismatic and it makes you care about Scrooge. And I cool. think that is one of the things that you really have to get right with Scrooge. And it's one of the things that the Muppets does really well is you actually feel bad for him. Yeah. You
1: worry about him. Oh, 100% we'll talk about this, I'm sure, when we watch it. Scrooge is a tragic figure.
0: Mm. And Scrooge
1: oh. is very much a result of his upbringing. It's like the nature versus nurture yeah. argument. Like, Scrooge has experienced trauma. And a lot of the person Scrooge becomes is a result of his past. And because Scrooge doesn't look to the present and see that people are struggling, he can make things better. Like, he's repeating. It's the cycle of, of shouting. Mm-hmm. He's doomed to repeat it. And you have to, for this to work, you almost want to feel bad for Scrooge and a lot of versions don't do that. Yeah. So, you know, the Muppets Christmas Carol, I think you've said it. Michael Caine is the only version of Scrooge you've seen who he deserves his redemption. Mm. I hope this version of Scrooge deserves redemption. Yeah. Well, it's about that time. I can hear... Just outside the rat <laughs> and I think it's time we headed off to Mr Fezziwig's annual Christmas ball.
0: Yes indeed.
1: For maybe the third time this Christmas already. <laughs> yeah. We will be back shortly after intermission. Let the stars in the sky remind us of man's compassion. Let us love till we die, and God bless us every one.
0: And we are back.
1: We sure are. We have been to Victorian London. Ish. Ish. Yeah. I mean, when is this one set? Definitely Victorian era, but is it quite London? Is it
0: Victorian? Is it Edwardian? When is?
1: Well, I would assume it's Victorian because he was pre-Queen, Vi- or during Queen Victoria's reign, wasn't he? With the workhouses and everything, that's a very Victorian thing.
0: Took
1: place in 1843. So Victorian. Sure. <laughs> I I did enjoy this one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think this was far better than I was expecting it to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially because it starts with some weird CGI buildings. Yeah. <laughs> that do look very trash and like. If this is the first thing you're going to see in a film...
0: One of the things it was praised for when it came out was its effects.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but by today's standards, they're not very good. Like, think The Rock in The Mummy Returns.
0: Yeah, they're a bit like... It's
1: that level of CGI. But overall, I had a jolly good time, Mm -hmm. which is appropriate because that's our first song. Mm -hmm. Jolly good time. Yes. We see Fagin with some ragamuffins
0: we do in the opening of this we have a bunch of different charles dickens characters are they talking about...
1: actually supposed mm-hmm. to be uh, really yeah that's very cool
0: because the little boy who we see with Fagin is the artful dodger he then mm. shows up at the end he's the boy that goes and fetches the turkey for mr scrooge it is supposed to be dodger
1: that's very very cool is it written that way or mm. is it just that see
0: for this version anyway.
1: I liked that. I thought it was very cool. Because we do also, you know, in a moment see a man who is dressed exactly like Mr. Bumble.
0: Yeah, and it's supposed to be Mr. Bumble too. Yeah.
1: And I thought that was cool. Because you could quite easily blend these worlds together.
0: Yeah, I believe there was,
1: there was a BBC, a BBC show.
0: series that did that.
1: I've never watched it.
0: No, I didn't think I would enjoy it, to be honest.
1: And if anyone has seen the BBC show, let us know if it's worth watching. Yeah. But yeah, I I guess here they are doing a, you know, cinematic universe before Marvel do it.
0: Absolutely. But
1: this is it. I don't want it to be obvious that it's Fagin, the artful Dodger, Mr. Bumble. They don't need to name these characters as such. Mm -hmm. It's a fun little Easter egg that we're going to watch and be like, huh. That guy's Fagin with these little pickpockets and that guy's dressed like Mr. Bumble. He's got the same hat.
0: Yeah. And you're supposed to do that. It's just supposed to make it more entertaining.
1: Yeah. One of the things. So basically this is just establishing that it is the most wonderful time of the year. We're yes. going and seeing the busy London streets. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same as the set piece for Scrooge in A Muppet's Christmas Carol. They do a really good job choreographing the extras so that it looks busy as they do the tracking shots, Yeah. so that the choreography is crisp and precise. And we get this sense of this
0: busy, bustling town. Exactly.
1: And I think that was really, really good. Our journey takes us up to the Royal Exchange, which Mm -hmm. is where we see Mr. Bumble declare its closing time. It will be. Yes, and I thought this is very interesting, the fact that Scrooge is part of this marketplace hub as opposed to owning or running his own shopfront.
0: Ah, no, so he does run his own shopfront. However, the way that the Royal Exchange works is you have to, like, trade in your money there.
1: Ah, okay, so it's like the bank.
0: Yeah, basically, and because it's Christmas Eve... Yeah, it's the bank, but for business owners yes because it's christmas eve they are closing early so this is the time of day mr scrooge would normally come and do his business but he he's trying to be quick today because they're closing early on, on account of being christmas Eve.
1: yes scrooge is bitter that he has to close early and he tells Cratchit off for sneezing he's like don't you dare I mean, sneeze <laughs> By modern standards, watching this in Have Christmas 2021, when Scrooge then starts sneezing and blaming Cratchit for giving him a cold, mm-hmm. you know, Scrooge has a point. But we do meet a widow. Is is a... Widower. Is it a widower?
0: Mm.
1: So it's is... It's another that,
0: thing that's unnecessarily gendered. I was going to
1: say, is it gendered? if it's, yeah. So it's a widower for a man who has lost his wife and yeah. a widow for a woman who's lost her husband. Yeah. Okay. So we meet a widower. He has a child, and he says that he cannot pay Scrooge the, the the deposit or the mortgage this month because they've had to pay for a funeral. Yes, and he's looking for Scrooge. He doesn't know, and he's wandering through the Royal Exchange, and he asks some random woman where Scrooge is. Do you think he'll be sympathetic? And the woman <laughs> replies, maid, yeah. "Yeah." The maid goes, "Scrooge, sympathetic." La 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 la. You know, like yeah, that's great. I thought that was quite a fun little rhyme, and sure enough. Scrooge isn't sympathetic. He says, "Well, you shouldn't have had children then. Shouldn't have paid for a funeral then.
0: Wa- shouldn't have died then. Yeah, shouldn't
1: have died then. I want your money tomorrow on Christmas Day, regardless, or I will be evicting you."
0: Despite the fact that he's not going to be open.
1: Yes. So one of the things that this song does really well is it still keeps the, the same beats of the story. So we get the charity workers who are coming in and they, they're trying to collect money for the poor. And I like the way that we get the singing aspects of you wish to remain anonymous. Yeah. Because that's one of my favourite bits. I wish like, to be left alone. Yeah. And I really like that as a sequence because we're getting the things that make Christmas Carol good and like. I've got some really, some lines, every version I hear in it, I love these lines,
0: mm.
1: you know, but for instance, you wish to remain anonymous, I wish to be left alone, is one of those lines that yeah. I really like. And and they
0: do a really good job at incorporating a lot of those lines into the song.
1: Yes. And I thought it was really, really good, you know, as a nice way to, to still get Dickens's language into the musical.
0: Mm-hmm. And so here we go into Nothing To Do With Me, part one. Because there are two parts to this song.
1: Yes. I really liked this one because I think it establishes Scrooge well. Yep. And I like the rhythm especially to his lines. Mm. And he says his bit in that same rhythm and then someone else starts singing it. Yeah. And we get, you know, like Fred, the, uh, um, the charity workers. We obviously, we meet three nondescript people.
0: Yes. So we have... The Barker for the play. Yep, the charity
1: which, show Barker.
0: Yeah, which is Jesse L. Martin. Yes. Who is trying to get people to come and see the the charity performance. We meet a, a blind old woman, which is Geraldine, Geraldine Chaplin, who is blind in one eye. Yes. And she's begging and he's like, Bug. <laughs> no. And then we meet a... Uh, it's a Leary. A Leary. I was going to say a Lampy, but that was its own TV show. Yeah. Yes, we meet a Leary, and it is Jane Krakowski, but doing her best impression of a impoverished Victorian boy. Yes, because, because her husband died, so she's having to take up the job of being a Leary.
1: Basically, and is lying. Yeah. I said to you at this point, I was like, "I bet they're the three ghosts." Yeah. Because these characters literally are just insignificant, like why why are we dedicating this time to them, and sure enough, they are yep, I really like that touch of having them show up here mm. because it's like they are watching Scrooge, and I think that's very, very cool in advance,
0: it's yeah. like in
1: the Santa Claus, you've got elves scattered throughout,
0: and I only found that out the other day, yeah, I thought that's really cool, but you
1: there's so many i I rewatched it this morning. And you can see so many different elves. But there's one
0: throughout. in the... Right I, at
1: the opening, there's one.
0: Well, whether the little boy takes his dad to to school. Yeah, for I careers day. Is that what it is, yeah. careers day? And he's like, my dad's Santa Claus. And all the kids laugh. And there's one kid at the back who doesn't laugh. Yeah. And he's got elf ears. Yeah. That's why he doesn't laugh.
1: But you see them throughout. And it's really, really good. Like, it's the idea of they're always watching.
0: Yeah. And the
1: same way here, they're always watching, these spirits. Mm-hmm. There's some really nice moments through this song. So I'm just going to talk about some of the ones I like. Yeah. Scrooge barks at a dog.
0: Oh, it's Bullseye. Yes. From Oliver. Yep. Yeah. I
1: thought it was hilarious. Scrooge barking at it was funny.
0: Yeah.
1: We have uh, the fact that Kelsey Grammer can't say Parliament. He says plariment. Yep. Yeah, I also notice here that he spends a lot of time with his brows furrowed and like you know He's there's really
0: that... hunched over in this version. And, but
1: you know there's that Leo DiCaprio meme from He's Inception. Squinting. That's yeah. exactly the face yeah. that Kelsey Grammer spends all of this film with.
0: I will say, as we went through watching this, you kept pointing that out, and it. It did become a little bit annoying that like that was his face yeah. the whole time. But then at the end
1: It makes a big difference.
0: He's suddenly very handsome and yes. you're like, oh, okay. When it
1: is, and it's like he's an ugly man because of the hate that's yeah, you know, ensnared him. But it is very off-putting when like the bulk of it it's him with with the the face. You know? Which yeah. I think that's how you've got to draw me as for this episode with the face. Yeah. We also see the widower's girl, and she steals tiny tim's line Mm. she says god bless us everyone and that annoys me i don't i don't know why that line is being said earlier i don't know why that line is being said by someone else and at this point i'm worrying are we gonna forego the cratchits and this this little girl is going to be more significant to scrooge than tiny tim
0: yeah
1: do you know what i mean so we also go to meet the cratchits yeah and we, we we have the following conversation between Mrs. Cratchit and Bob. Did he let you have the day off? Yes. Mm. Did he pay you early? Yes. Did he give you more coal? No. No. Uh you know, I, I, I like love
0: that every version of Mrs. Cratchit is basically played the same way that Miss Piggy plays her.
1: Yeah. She's pretty nondescript in Mickey's Christmas important. Carol. Like Minnie doesn't actually say anything really. Yeah. It's just kind of there. Which is weird. You'd think they'd play that up more, but it is only 27 minutes.
0: And I know that they made Scrooge McDuck for that, but it's a Mickey Mouse production. Why isn't he playing Scrooge? Because then do you want Mickey no, to have be Mickey's tarnished? No, because Mickey's the
1: hero. That, yeah? He's the hero. And it's the same thing. Like you, You're you saying how like Barbie is an actress in her film universe. Mickey is an actor. Yeah, that's true. Like, Mickey isn't... It's not Mickey Mouse. It's Mickey Mouse in... Mm. And you're right, he can't be Scrooge because he's supposed to be this icon figure.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's like weird how it... we can't have our heroes be seen to do anything immoral.
1: And it's weird enough that Goofy it's... is Marley. Marley. It's weird enough there, because Goofy is supposed to be this nice guy. But it's before like Goofy had this big like renaissance. Remodel,
0: yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So we
1: get you mean more to me. I think Mrs. Cratchit does a really good job wrapping both you know, Tiny Tim and Bob Cratchit up, you know, they're going to go out in the cold. And she's like, no. <laughs> Stay
0: the put. <laughs> and they're not really paying attention while she does that either. She's just like bundling them up.
1: The weirdest thing about this song is the fact that it's essentially Bob Cratchit admitting he has a favourite child.
0: Yeah, he does. He's
1: basically like, I don't care about my two eldest, but I love Tiny Tim the most. Mm. And that makes me like Bob Cratchit less.
0: Mm. This is another song that is in the original version, but they've merged bits of other songs yeah. for Bob Cratchit into this one. It's like
1: it, it's a nice song. Yeah. Does a good job establishing his dynamic and, you know, the and fact his that... his favourite job. But this is the thing. In every other version, like, Kermit obviously has tadpoles or baby frogs and baby pigs with Miss Piggy. Fine. Every other version has that, but you never get a sense that he's he 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 prefers tiny tim you get the sense that he obviously
0: i think supports
1: when... tiny tim more because of the illness that is never often actually said what it is
0: in this version he has polio yeah in this
1: version it's pretty obvious, you know he has polio but in other versions you get the sense that bob cratchit knows that tiny tim hasn't got long and is just trying to give him a nice life yeah but in this version it's like no i prefer him and that
0: I think knowing that one of your children is going to die. Yeah. Makes you spend more time with them.
1: Which is fine. And I I, I completely... Because
0: you know you still have time with the other kids.
1: But to actually say, like, with my favourite.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know,
1: that's going to cause an impact for the older children. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, bet you wish one of us had died instead of Tiny Tim because he was your favourite. You know? It just, it's a weird thing to have put in. But yes, uh, they go and they buy a chicken and there's a big chicken and they're like, oh, we can't afford it. But the chicken. He's
0: like, how about some chicken feet? And Tiny Tim's like, no.
1: No, but they have a shilling and they get a modest chicken. Yeah.
0: And the guy, they say that they can't afford it. And the guy with the chicken is, they say, okay, how much? And he's like, a shilling? Yeah, you definitely get. He's nice about it.
1: But I think as well, there's an element because Tiny Tim obviously is wearing like his knee brace as well. There's the charity element as well. I said, that sounds awful, but you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like this man has also recognised the fact that he's shopping with his sick child and it's, he's not going to take, he's not taking as much of a loss, but he's doing a nice favour. Because Christmas Mm -hmm. is the time of year that inspires us to be friendly to everyone. Mm -hmm. And we, we go above and beyond for people. I think that's what the Chicken Man is doing. Mm -hmm. We never see him again. I don't know if he's like some character from another Dickens book. Maybe. But, you know, it is what it is. This is a fun song. You know, it definitely establishes the Cratchit household well. And is a nice, I mean, because obviously Tiny Tim is a more important character than any other of the Cratchit children. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder why we actually have other Cratchit children. Why not just have Tiny Tim? You, you you don't need them to tell the story. Because
0: they would have more money if they had less children.
1: Fair enough. But
0: I'm not I'm not saying that to make a point. No, 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 it's fair. Like, it's fair. It's true.
1: It's true. We cut back to Scrooge and Scrooge sees Marley's face as a doorknob.
0: Yes. And then we meet my favourite character in this film, which is his a housekeeper? Yes. She must be. I wanted to say maid, but she's an older lady, yes. so she's probably the housekeeper. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's I nicer don't in this think version. she has a name?
1: No, she's like the charwoman.
0: Well, we do see later.
1: Oh, she's like Mrs. Fridget or something.
0: Mrs. Mops. She's called Mrs. Okay. Mops. It's Sheila Reed, and she um she actually seems to quite fancy Scrooge.
1: Yeah, she's nice to him. Yeah, and she's like left out food, and he's like bah humbug.
0: She says, "I left, I've left your gruel by the fire, and tomorrow morning I'll bring you a bit of turkey and a so, mince pie." Or and he's something like, do like And he's like, "No, no, don't bother." And <laughs> she's, she's like, like, "Well, I'll do it anyway, do it
1: anyway." But yes, and I really like this bit because he's just seen Marley's face, and she steps and goes, "What's wrong, Scrooge? You, you look like you've seen a ghost." Mm-hmm. I think that's funny. And yes, he's caught Cratchit's cold, and he's he's begrudging yeah. Cratchit. <laughs> bah. I really do like the costume design for Scrooge, especially here where he's in his night clothes. You Mm. know, straggly hair is great. The way he's dressed, he doesn't look like Kelsey Grammer.
0: He doesn't look well either. No,
1: and I think they've done a really good job developing, you know, the character's costume here.
0: Yeah, so between here and the next song, we get a nice bit of music called Marley's Visitation. Oh God, yeah. Which is very old horror-esque yeah it's very like... ominous
1: and very nice
0: yeah.
1: so yes marley shows up
0: yeah. and he's
1: here to tell scrooge that the prince is throwing a ball the
0: prince is giving a ball <laughs> <laughs> that was so good scrooge imagine? has a royal
1: invite no he's actually I like Jason Alexander. but we we do get and we maintain one of my most favorite lines in every iteration of a christmas carol There's more of gravy than of grave of you. I love that line. I just, it's so cool. It's so like, it's such a good description, you know, where he's like, you could be a bit of undigested beef. I, I really like it. And we keep it here. And we go into Link by Link.
0: I love this song. Yeah. I love, this is the song I was talking about in the preamble where it's really upbeat And quite fun. Yes. But while they're singing, if you actually listen to what they're saying, you're like, oh, this is really dark. Like We have such a nice beat that's just like, dum, 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 dum. And it just like picks up Mm. and gets faster and faster as we're going through. When I saw this on the stage, the actors would, like, link and relink their arms while they were singing it. Yeah. Because it was the concert version. So there wasn't dance involved and nobody was really doing anything. But all the men came to the front of the stage and sang link by link to Scrooge as the ghosts. So we we have this bit in the middle of this song where we suddenly slow down. Yes. And Marley says, Ebenezer Scrooge, you shall be visited by three ghosts. And he goes, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) yeah good luck with that But i do
1: think this is a very really fun song and like especially because this is competing against M-
0: muppet's christmas carol whereas i would listen to this
1: yeah it's interesting because i think this is a good song there's some weird creepy things as well so i really 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 like the weird paralysis thing he does to scrooge like scrooge tries to walk away and he like freezes him in his His space
0: powers yeah and
1: then like the special effects you know of of creating these ghosts is really cool Mm -hmm. the way the ghosts yeah and the way the ghosts like come through doors or come through walls is also really cool
0: well so we have we have other characters that Scrooge knows as well. And they see yes. one of the guys is called Mr. Haynes, who was mean to the bone. And he's a skeleton now. He's a burnt skeleton yeah. because he was mean to the bone, which is great. And um, there's a guy who wanted to get a head, So now he's a headless ghost. Oh Wow.
1: And um, there was somebody who they said never had a heart. And he's, and he's, he's got a safe.
0: Yeah, it's a safe full of coins. And then a man carrying a box that has his hand in it because he never learned a hand
1: and one of the things i like is that because obviously marley is carrying his money Mm. when the money drops scrooge tries to pick it up the only version i've ever seen that in is in the disney version uh, not the Jim Carrey one. Mickey's Christmas Carol, where Scrooge McDuck is actively trying to pick up the coins yeah. that Goofy drops,
0: and you can tell he's not really listening to what yeah these he's not listening trying to tell him. And I
1: think it's a really nice touch here because again, you you know, you've got Scrooge just focused on it, but mm. he is told you will be visited by three ghosts. Yep. No, thank you. And off he goes. Oh, and... he says
0: you'll be visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, and Scrooge says I try not to think about the past, and then he says, and the ghost of Christmas present. And he says, well, at the present, I'd rather go to bed. Thank you. Yes.
1: Yeah, he's got an <laughs> answer for everything. Yeah. So, yes, he goes to bed and he is woken up by Jane Krakowski.
0: Who is the embodiment of if Tinkerbell and Peter Pan had a child. Yes.
1: She's very, like, light.
0: She's supposed to be. And
1: her costume is a little bit sexy as well. Mm. You know, she's got, like, the high-rise slit in her dress.
0: But it's in that way where you're, like... It is... It is so visually aflame, her dress, like the way that it's designed, that you're like, this doesn't look, I don't even know what the word I want is. It doesn't look too sexy because they're just trying to create this illusion of the spirit that she is. She's so great I I
1: do think this works better. I've always felt, as much as I love Muppets Christmas Carol, I'm not a big fan of the design for the Ghost of Christmas Past,
0: yeah. And I, I know really, it's supposed to be a child in the yes. book, but I've never been into that.
1: Yeah. And I really like it here. I think it's really nice. I think she does a good job bringing the ghost to life, but also being this playful side. So she's childlike.
0: Yeah. Because her her opening line, which is, I think, what gives me the Peter Pan vibes with her. Like, she's very Tinkerbell in this. Yes. And it helps that she's really blonde too. But her opening line of her song is literally just, it's your lucky night brought you something bright because yeah. she, she's just kind of she's really sincere but she is kind of making fun of him a little bit
1: yeah lights of long ago is good though as well mm-hmm. so i thought this was interesting is so as scrooge goes off he looks like he's gonna vomit you know as they fly yeah but we also see his dad getting locked up which no. i've never seen before
0: well, so that's because that isn't from A Christmas Carol. But
1: I liked that. I like that we're adding more to why he's doing this. The whole point is that we need to understand where Scrooge is coming from.
0: Yeah, this is a more recent thing. There's definitely another version where this happens other than this. But this is obviously it's based on Charles Dickens' real life. Yeah. Oh no, I know what I'm thinking of. It's the man who... Invented Christmas, Christmas because that's his actual life story. So Scrooge's father was actually put to prison for being unable to pay his debtors, and he died in prison, I believe. Yes, don't quote me on that. My Charles. Do you mean Dickens, Dickens father? Yeah, Charles yeah. Dickens father. Um, and then Scrooge going and working at a boot factory. Charles Dickens did actually do that. Cool. He was a basically a child laborer. So in the Slaves same way that Doctor
1: Zeus in. wrote himself as the Grinch, Charles Dickens is kind of
0: yeah, but Charles Dickens never did this. No, no, no there I is know who no ne- version of a Christmas Carol written down where this happens. Yeah, so because... they've taken
1: this idea here that Charles Dickens' life could have a parallel.
0: Yeah, well, if anything, mm-hmm. Charles Dickens is Oliver, right? Yes. Or the Artful Dodger, I think, is the most, the closest, yeah. like his design for himself, but. People love to put this in. And it's become sort of the... Um... Oh. It's the
1: humanise your villains thing, isn't it? A little bit.
0: No, it's there's a name for it. It's the something effect. It's where you remember something as being there when it's actually not like Pikachu's tail. Huh. Everybody, if you picture Pikachu... Everybody thinks he's got a black stripe on the end of his tail. Yeah. Not the end that connects to his body, the other end. Yeah. And he doesn't. No, It's on the bottom end. Yeah. It's like a little black zigzag. But there's an effect that actually... Is it the Mandela effect?
1: I was going to say Mandela effect, but I'm not 100% certain. And I don't want to say it if it wasn't. Uh...
0: Yeah, it is. It's the Mandela effect. It's okay. when a person believes that their distorted memories are, in fact, accurate recollections. Fair enough. For example pikachu's tail. yes but this has now become a mandela effect where people genuinely believe that in a christmas carol scrooge's father was like put in prison and scrooge had to go and work in a workhouse yeah that's not from a christmas carol it's from dickens's actual well, life but
1: this is it so with the muppets christmas carol again because we're going to talk about that as he maybe goes we to want...
0: private school well yeah. that's it
1: he's a very privileged child yeah so it's interesting that which
0: is what happens in the book
1: yeah that here there's definitely something more sinister that he's a result of this trauma. He <laughs> you know, he's told the lines as his dad is taken away. Save your pennies. If you as a child Make is a fortune, told, yeah. Yeah, like that is going to stick with you. This is a defining trait.
0: Well, we also in this version get more of his sister who was sent away. He basically never saw her again. Yes. Um and she was sent to work in a laundry and as like a washerwoman, I guess, but she was a child, same as him. And we get all this past where they're writing to each other and they're writing each other the song that we get here.
1: Well, we get God Bless Us Everyone first. Yeah. So you have everyone stealing Tiny Tim's catchphrase, apparently.
0: Oh, I, I'm going to talk about this when we get. Yeah. Actually, I can talk about it now. I. Think that having this be something that Scrooge has heard before
1: makes it, more... and that it's
0: something that his mother said said to him, and then we don't hear it from anybody else. Except, well, I. we get it's from his mother. We hear it from
1: the widower girl. Widower girl, yeah, we heard it early on. The little she says girl. it, yeah,
0: yeah, she says it. Then we hear it from Emily.
1: It's basically just keep reminding Scrooge that...
0: Yeah. And then when Tiny Tim says it at the end, we're like, oh, okay, we've brought this all the way around full circle because now Scrooge actually understands. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which, fine. But I could do with less people using it. I think it should only be Scrooge's mother mm. and then Tiny Tim. I'm okay it's... with
0: Emily doing it too. Well,
1: it's just... Well, yeah, because Emily is the one that he loses. But hearing Tiny Tim say it is like the whole, yeah... I've, I've gone too far. I've forgot what my mum said. Mm-hmm. I focus too much on my dad and not my mum. Yeah. So, yeah, Scrooge is off, off, off to the working world. Mm-hmm. And his mum is off, off, off to the heavy side layer because she dies soon after. Yep. And, you know, we see that young Scrooge, even at work, like in half a sixpence, you know, because that's basically what he's doing is he's working somewhere. He keeps his pennies and we get a place called home.
0: Yeah, I love this song.
1: <laughs> he actually reads his writing as he writes. I thought it was a voiceover. You know how we get that as a trope, where like people are writing
0: and you and hear the you words. Hear it. Yeah. He's
1: actually reading it aloud as he writes, which is weird. I would have rather My it been a voiceover. Kids that a lot. I didn't like it. It's weird in films.
0: I know it's weird in films, but it is actually something that children do. I know. Is uh, read what they're writing as they're doing it.
1: But yes. uh, And let me see, it's been six months. I love this song. It's a really nice duet, but it's just too short for me to really get into it.
0: Well, that's because, so, this, (laughs) this is one of those weird things where a song is broken into three parts. Yes. And this is like the prelude. Mm -hmm. Then we get Place Called Home like major which is where Emily sings it to him and then we get the reprise later on yeah but because this doesn't function the same way a stage show does it's just a really short little song so then when Emily sings it later you don't feel the full effect of it because it's Emily's song yeah but it's like a, a strain that's been through Scrooge's whole life. Yeah, it's a weird one.
1: But that's the whole point of this this whole story, though, isn't it? That it's
0: he's heard the same things over and but over like, again. But
1: like you know, the chains that you forge and these chains, link by link, are growing, and we see that they start growing here. Yeah. His sister dies during childbirth to Fred, so Scrooge really has lost it all at this point.
0: Mm -hmm. And he can't even look at Fred because, I don't know if we get that here, it might be later on, but he he literally cannot look at Fred because Fred looks like his sister. And
1: this is it, is instead of seeing Fred as the one thing he's got left, he pushes Fred away because he reminds Fred of what he lost. Mm -hmm. And again, really nice humanising thing to Scrooge. You can see where he is coming from with these things. He's doing the wrong thing, but you can at least appreciate why he's doing it. He's saving his pennies because he saw his dad get locked up. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want to be like that. He, He can't bear the fact he wasn't there for his sister. He couldn't save his sister. But
0: this is the only version of Christmas Carol I've ever seen where they've explained why he doesn't spend time with Fred. Because in the others, we just assume it's because he just spends all his time at work. I think
1: they mention it in the Jim Carrey one.
0: Mm.
1: I'm, I think. I'm not going to say I'm right, but I think they do. Yep, we get Fezziwig. So we go to Fezziwig's uh, banking house. A wild Jennifer Love Hewitt appears.
0: She does, and she looks great. She does look great. Oh, uh, except for that her dress is hemmed really badly yeah. and it upset <laughs> me. such a stupid thing but she is everybody else right the costumes in this are quite well done yes they're not very historically accurate the hairstyles are very nice yes I'm very impressed by the hairstyles nobody has their hair down in this movie so I'm on board except Scrooge except Scrooge (laughs) well men are allowed to for some reason but all of the dresses in this scene are beautiful we're all at this big party they're quite They're like middle class opulent, right? Yes. Like upper working class opulent. So they're not like extravagant over the top dresses, but they're all really nice, except for Jennifer Love Hewitt, who I think was maybe shorter than they thought she was going to be. And then they put her in heels. So the way that they've hemmed her dress, it has a huge fold at the bottom where you can see that it's hemmed. Except it doesn't touch the floor mm. because she's got heels on and it just upset me. Fair enough. <laughs> it just annoyed me for the whole scene. But that's my only negative about this part. She's actually a very pretty singer. Yeah.
1: She does a really good job in this mm. one. We get uh, the song I was dreading most. It's I actually Wigs
0: annual Christmas ball. I preferred
1: it here. The I liked it here.
0: We're just supposed to get... This guy is like good fun
1: yes so i really like this version of the muppets christmas carol Mm -hmm. but it's obviously just kind of like it's
0: fozzy it's
1: fozzy we get young mr fozzy we get young statler and waldorf we obviously get the electric light mayhem Uh, i can't remember if that's the actual name but obviously we get animal going crazy yeah electric mayhem so i like them i think it's a fun sequence i don't like the jim carrey one in in this because i don't like the fact that mrs fezziwig can apparently fly she twirls herself enough so she lifts up in the air and i'm just like no i'm done like that bit is silly because it's still set in the real world Mm. so that's silly i can deal with the ghosts
0: what song did we say that this sounded like do you remember
1: no i don't i didn't write it down either what song
0: it's a toast to all our family, our family and friends. <laughs> to Hugo in a storm that yeah, never ends. This song sounds a lot like <laughs> the Hugo song. It does sound a lot like Hugo. Which Just great. Maybe that's why you liked it more.
1: Possibly. So yeah, we we learn that Scrooge is not going to spend on a suit. He's saving for a rainy day. You know. So Fezziwig's like, oh, but you should. This version has some really nice choreography.
0: Mm-hmm. We get the line. Mr. F puts every penny towards the joy and good of many. Yes. So he uses all of his excess money for the year on this party, which means he's left with no excess. Yeah. For the next year. Yeah. Which, like, good for him.
1: Nice. I mean, maybe I would save 10 cent for a rainy
0: day. You would think. But, but he cares more about making the people who work for him happy than for, like, himself. Yes. Yeah. I would still keep... you supposed learn something I would, Yes. This. Yeah.
1: I mean... You are, but I think what we're gonna see in a bit will undermine that a little bit, but you know. Yeah. Um I, I do like Scrooge's bopping. Everyone else dances except Scrooge, but Scrooge just bops. Yeah. I like seeing Kelsey Graham just bopping to it. He's having a good time. Reliving this, you start to see him coming more alive.
0: And then as soon as he sees Emily and yeah. Scrooge, young Scrooge together, he starts to get upset again. He does.
1: We see young I keep
0: wanting to call her by her actual name. It's annoying me that they've called her Emily in this version.
1: What is her actual name? Her
0: name in the book is Belle.
1: Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
0: And I'm pretty sure his mum is also called Emily in the book. And they changed it for no discernible reason. Maybe
1: it's just Alan Menken's done writing songs about Bells.
0: Maybe. (laughs) She is just called Belle in the book. And I don't know why they changed it originally. If you do know why every version of A Christmas Carol calls her Emily instead of Belle... Somebody tell me. Because yeah. I think that's become a Mandela effect now as well, where everybody's like, yeah, she's called Emily. Yeah. No, her name's Belle.
1: He dances with Jennifer Love Hewitt, and he's in Love Hewitt.
0: Ooh. Did you write that down? <laughs> I did, yes.
1: <laughs> and he proposes, <laughs> interestingly, not on one knee. Well,
0: yeah, he does not get down on one knee. He notices things a lot more now. <laughs> she's obviously quite well off.
1: Is she, with her poor hemming?
0: Well, that's, I thought that's she a was supposed thing. to be like... Well, she's at the same level as him. Her father is probably a banker or something. Yeah. But when he asks her to marry him, it seems more like a quiet engagement kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he's not making a big deal of it at this party. It's the quiet moment between the two of them where he's like, please marry me.
1: Yeah. Well, this is when we then get a place called Home Reprise. Yeah. And we learn that she's been reading his letters... So she's clearly been stalking him.
0: His letters.
1: Yeah, because she's singing. Oh, the she sings letter the same song.
0: song, right?
1: I, I also felt this sounded very hunchback of the notch of the
0: notch. Of the Dame. Notre Dame, Yeah.
1: Hunt, you know, I felt like this sounded like a hunchback song, but I also I just so- love the
0: image that this song conjures because she's they're very like explicit about what they're seeing. So it's there's a place called home. I can almost see yes. with a roaring fire. And a red front door and a Christmas tree, and I like I really like that image. It's very Christmas card It
1: It is, yes. Uh Jennifer Love Hewitt, also famously a ghost whisperer,
0: mm. but
1: apparently those skills don't extend into Christmas carol because you.
0: She looks at him. She looks at him, but
1: she doesn't hear him. No. He's whispering to uh, Jane Krakowski, and she doesn't listen to their conversation. So she's clearly not unlocked I that skill tree loved yet. Loved that show. <laughs> I know you did.
0: So good. I wish that was on something now. It's not on anything.
1: But yeah, just the fact that Old Scrooge joins in this song and she doesn't kind of reference or pick up on it. No,
0: it's sad though. It is. But yes,
1: we then jump forward. So we get the money montage, some more orchestration. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was a really nice sequence to show Greed. So him and Marley are now starting off their own place. And you see that they start and they're obviously like popular. People are coming to them. And you see the same people return to them, adding interest on. Mm -hmm. But it's especially sad, and I've never seen this in any version, in anything else, Fezziwig going and asking for a loan and them saying, no, you have no collateral. And Fezziwig being like...
0: And we know how your business has lost all its money. Yeah.
1: And Fezziwig being like, you know, the joy in joy. And he's like, yeah, joy doesn't pay the bills.
0: And well, then... He even <laughs> says to them, I give you your start. And Marley, behind Scrooge, looks so ashamed of himself and he turns away and can't do anything. And so we are left with, it is Scrooge that denies him. But
1: then actually at the same time.
0: That's how this business works. It is ha- right. This is
1: it. There's so much I relate to like Scrooge is doing the right thing. Don't get me wrong. He could certainly give some people a little bit of an extra chance. Like there's, there's, there's the empathy factor. And the
0: other thing is he didn't have to give Fezziwig all he was asking yeah. for. He could have given him a how like a yeah, hand it's just like, somewhere. look, Don't do
1: any more of these parties. To, to, to forego the party for two years and yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But this is exactly why like fezzy wigs are full. And I don't blame Scrooge for the whole, like he's like, if you just saved 10% every year, you'd be fine.
0: Yeah. However, while this is happening, Emily's come in. Yes. Behind it. <laughs> and
1: she dumps Scrooge because he only loves money. And poor Kelsey Graham in the background, his eyes are fully open at this point. He's not like furrowed his brow and he's distraught. Like, a... he's like go
0: after her go out like don't let her leave you yeah. fool and...
1: and it sucks i'm like oh ghost of christmas past you're making this poor guy relive this trauma t- again you know mm. like he probably plays it in his head every day but yes she goes and
0: we fast forward some years now
1: yes and then marley has a sudden turn and it's now he jason alexander and kelsey Grammer. yeah he's like i'm gonna go home for the day He's like,
0: I'm leaving early. I don't feel well. I'm gonna go home. And yeah, Scroo- and Scrooge is like, okay. But even he, he's like,
1: you don't do that. We're hard workers. Like it's weird.
0: Yeah.
1: And he goes out the door. And he. Well, he doesn't to even the, get to, the to door. their office, and he walks down towards like you know, the he has the, the, the desk.
0: Most overdramatic heart attack anyone's ever had. Dies life.
1: right in front of Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. Which and is, Scrooge
0: is like shouting for help. Sad.
1: Yeah. This is it. There's a lot they're doing here. I feel really bad for Scrooge.
0: Yeah. You can tell. By this part. Like, he does seem upset when Emily leaves, but he's devastated over Marley dying. Because that's, like, all he's got. It's all he's got, yeah.
1: They they are basically an old married couple at that point. You know? Yeah. Because that's all each other have. Clearly, Marley's got no family either. Mm
0: -hmm. Anyway, the ghost wakes him up. He's back in his bed. Yeah,
1: we're back to the future.
0: Yep. And then he looks over at the mantelpiece to see what time it is. It's nearly two o'clock. Then he looks back to see what his candles are doing and the ghost of Christmas past appears in the flame on the candle. Yes. Because they had to get that in there somehow. Yeah,
1: which is a fun little thing. Mm. And then we go into abundance and charity.
0: I love this song. It is a bop.
1: <laughs> I really like how festively ghost of Christmas present is dressed. Mm-hmm. I think he looks really good. I always like love these
0: guys' jazz shoes. On.
1: I always like the way they dress the Ghost of Christmas Present in mm-hmm. a lot of things, like with this big royal robe and the greens, mm-hmm.
0: and I'm... the laugh, the Santa laugh.
1: Yeah, I really, really like a lot of depictions. Like, it's one of the most consistent things, but also the most fun things is mm-hmm. the Ghost of Christmas Present, and <laughs> the Ghost of Christmas Present that like we got all the food and he's not impressed by the gruel. And he's like, What about so all this?
0: What is this? What is wrong with you? Christmas is meant for abundance. Like, yes. you're supposed to enjoy yourself.
1: And Scrooge gets food thrown at him.
0: Oh, yeah, he does. He throws an orange at him.
1: And he says he's got a great big musical present
0: mm-hmm. for Scrooge. Yep, so he makes him go to the charity uh, show. Yes. And Scrooge.
1: Yeah, these weird nutcrackers come out of the present. And. <laughs>
0: It's the Rockettes, yes, yeah, the it? Rockettes,
1: and that's what I remember from what I saw is like the presents coming and people coming out of it. And I don't really like it here either, I think it's a little on the nose, but I well,
0: so the difference is while this is happening, because in a stage version, I feel like this would be very overwhelming, you would just be watching this, but because this is a movie, we keep cutting back to Scrooge, who yes. has noticed that two rows in front of him is the little it's girl, Grace,
1: the widower, yeah, daughter, Grace
0: Smythe. And she does not smile at all. She's not enjoying this.
1: No, I thought she was just, like, giving him evils.
0: No, she's not. She just looks sad.
1: Yeah, but I thought it was directed at Scrooge, because the way it's shot, it's like mm. she see, she's the only one who can see Scrooge. And, yeah, Scrooge is brought on stage to dance, and he says, this is very unlike me. And then at the end of this whole sequence, Scrooge gives the widower's girl a present, and she smiles. Yep. And then...
0: Well, so... I know you're not huge into the performance part of this song, but in every other version of this musical that I've seen, Scrooge always joins in with the dance and enjoys himself. And I but like need, that yeah, you, he doesn't yeah. in this version. And this
1: is it. I like that as a concept, because like this is Scrooge starting to get into Christmas, because a lot of these scenes are Scrooge enjoying it despite himself. Yep. And by the end, he's going to be like, no, do you know, what? I actually do like this time of year. Mm-hmm. But it's nice when you have small moments where he does get into it, and then he remembers himself. Yeah. But here it's weird because you get like the line, and he has to go down the line, but he refuses to, and then they all come. He starts to walk they all down, start and they him. all start coming in. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, the ghost of Christmas Present calls Ebenezer Ben. Why? Ebenezer.
1: Oh, cool. He calls him Ben. I never picked up on that. Yeah,
0: no, it's in the song. He says, um, "Come share some, spare some, no matter when, Ben." Get with the spirit because you're going to hear it again. It rhymes. It's a good rhyme. <laughs> it's a handy rhyme. Yeah, yeah I like that he calls in that.
1: But we go into Christmas together, so we. I, I like that. First of all, we get the charity show, which yes. is cool, and then we go into the tour of London. We obviously see the crap. Well, we get the things
0: in order. We get abundance first in the yes. charity. Yeah,
1: I think it's really nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, we we get. Cratchit's house. Mm -hmm. Again, more of the Cratchit seeming to care only for Tiny Tim in this version. Much more than... Tiny
0: Tim is dying.
1: I know that. It's interesting because I've never seen a version where it's solely on Tiny Tim. Like, even within the Muppets Christmas Carol, there's focus on on the interpersonal relationships with all the Cratchit family. And even in other ones, like the the Jim Carrey one, where like they hide in Cupboard and try and shock mum, you know, that they've returned for Christmas. Mm. There's some nice stuff here, but this version really downplays the other Cratchit children in a way I've never seen before. I just think it was interesting. Yeah. And Bob toasts to Scrooge, but his wife is not impressed. Yeah. And then we we go from the Cratchit household and we see the effect of Christmas together for the Londoners did not like this bit of the song i have to say
0: what christmas together
1: yeah because i, I really didn't like seeing the drunks singing
0: mm-hmm.
1: i would rather we just w- stayed with the cratchits slash fred yeah you know, i don't need to see what the rest of london's doing i don't think that part of this song works very well you know, I do like Fred's toast. It's interesting that in this version we don't have the whole. You know, it's an unwanted animal. Frequently,
0: I hate that part. Yeah, so much because that part. Would, I would only be okay with that bit of it if you had Fred being like, "That's not nice." Yeah,
1: but I agree with you. But completely. there is. I'm always
0: like, I wouldn't want to hang out with you either, no, Fred. That,
1: that's exactly <laughs> why suck. I agree with you because Fred. Goes in to try and be all charitable to his uncle. And then is making jokes behind his back. Yeah. Like, it makes Fred nasty. And maybe Scrooge needs to be saved to save Fred. And maybe mm. that's the point they're going for. But in this version, again, I love that Fred is giving a toast to Scrooge. He mentions his dead mum. Dead mum. <laughs> and Scrooge reacts. And yeah, I thought it was much, much nicer. Uh, we then head back to the Cratchit family and Tiny Tim has had the best Christmas ever.
0: Yeah, well, we also here have, as this song's happening, the families all sing the yes. stars in the sky bit. And Scrooge actually finishes off one of the lines with, and God blesses yeah, everyone. which is nice.
1: He's starting to get it. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Tim says that next Christmas, uh, Bob won't be carrying him. And he is right. Next Christmas, Bob will not be carrying Tiny Tim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is sad. Like, it's a sad self-awareness from Tiny Tim. And obviously, he says it in a more optimistic way. But we know that it's not true. And it's it does make it more tragic. Yeah. And I think that's nice. It, you know, they do a really good job at playing up the sentimental value here for Bob Cratchit. Yeah. And now we have to talk about this.
0: <laughs> go for
1: it. So Oh, is this the aging bit where he he the ghost of Christmas present starts it's not aging? him
0: That's the bad part though.
1: No, so so this is it. Um we Scrooge is shown some sympathy. He looks as fragile as air, you know, about Tiny Tim. And then we cut to the bit with the ghost of Christmas present ages, and that's always a consistent thing I like. You know, the, the Muppet version, obviously he looks older. I like it, you know, he lives for one day. Yeah. And he's in his twilight here. And underneath his cloak, he has two mysterious urchins.
0: Yes, he has ignorance and want. Yes. And we have the spirit, are they yours? And the ghost, says they are every man's. But, God, they could... This bit is always weird because... Like in every version, they're described as feral children. Yes. They're meant to be frightening. Yes. And for some reason in this version, they've cast two kids who have some kind of facial deformity or birth defect. They are not credited in this film, yeah. which is probably a good thing, to be honest. Like, I hope they got paid, but oh my God, like why did they choose to do it this way?
1: For the feral, yeah, for the feral Because it's like, the, the only thing I'll
0: give, the Jim Carrey version, is they did a really good job of making those kids scary. Yes,
1: and the way they age up as well to show that children of this ilk, what they'll grow what up they into. What they become, yeah. And especially because the mocking of the words, like, spirit, you mock me with my own words. It's like...
0: Yeah, there are no prisons, no workhouses. Yeah, which
1: is perfect. You know, that is the point of it, to so Scrooge to see what he's doing. But yes, the the the... the casting for the children you know specifically because of what these children represent is yeah is is not right
0: well I like that this is the last thing that the the ghost of christmas present, says to scrooge he says who are you to decide who shall live and who shall die If these shadows remain unaltered by the future the child will die and scrooge is like okay i need to fix tiny tim
1: yes yeah
0: and then the hag appears.
1: It's weird, though, as well. The other thing I'll say, just to end that point, is usually the two spirits, the the ignorance and want, want they go off into it. He brings them back into his cloak.
0: Yeah. And I'm just like, that's weird. Yeah, but he closes his cloak around them, and then he disappears. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, the, yes, this is it. So, Scrooge is now with ghost number three.
0: Yes, I, and he recognises her. Yes, he
1: recognises her. But I also love her transformation.
0: Oh yeah, so she's no longer half-blind. Yes. Because she's showing him the future now, and the whole like metaphor of we're all half-blind to our own future, but here, because she's showing him, she's not blind anymore.
1: And the transformation from hag into... Spirit. This is, is great.
0: like one of the few versions where we see the ghost of Christmas yet to come's face. Yes. The, the music very is
1: very reminiscent of the transformation song from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. And I now think that this hag, the ghost of Christmas yet to be is the witch. Is the witch who went to eleven year old Beast and was like, Let me in and he said no. So she's the villain. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I
0: really like this song. This is called dancing, dancing, dancing on your grave. On your grave. Is such a
1: great song. I really liked it. I think the rhythm to it is a lot of fun. Like the grave diggers bit is great.
0: I also really like that. So in every other version, we don't see anybody at Scrooge's actual grave. He yes. always arrives alone. Yes, which is you know supposed to represent that. Yes, of course he will arrive at death alone. But I like that it's so hectic here. You've got all the monks and stuff because he is wealthy enough to have a name on his grave. He's not buried in an unmarked grave. Yes. So somebody's paid for that. Probably him. Like I imagine he set it up in advance. Yeah. So he's having his death rites read by actual monks and he has grave diggers who are doing it Mm -hmm. properly. He's not just dumped in a grave. Yeah. So it's really hectic. And then once they disperse, then you're like, but he has nobody. Yeah. He paid for this. But he has no But there's still nothing here. I
1: like because Scrooge is like talking to the spirit. He's just like us, completely overanalyzing everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, he's he's shown a grave, and he's like, whose grave is this? And it's a T for Tiny Tim
0: yeah no it's not it's a cross
1: (laughs) but yes he sees his own grave so this is during you've got this great song in dancing on grave and then we go you mean more to me reprise so he learns that tiny tim has in fact died because the spirits uh, and the shadows remained unaltered Mm -hmm. so this is what will happen if scrooge keeps the current path and then he sees his grave and he has learnt we also get the thing where we see mrs mops on the bed and they're like
0: But we Stripping
1: Yeah, while he's lying
0: there. God, that was a bit... That's a bit much. I don't remember that from the last time I watched this.
1: But I mean, I I know that there's always versions in that. So in the Muppets version, in the Jim Carrey version, you always see... It's never
0: so explicit as to be like, they stripped the bed while he was in it.
1: Yeah. But this is it. And the same thing that he's wearing, the clothes that she sells are what he was to be buried in. Yeah. But, but you know, he won't need it where he's going. You know, but you're right, to see it like actually stripping him on his bed, like the morning he's found dead. Is... we meet
0: as well the businessman from the Royal Exchange and they sing a little reprise of their song at the beginning, which was like, jolly good day, jolly good day sir. But here it's, didn't he die? Didn't who die sir? Terrible mean old what's his name? Couldn't care less, neither could I sir. Funeral day and no one came. Yeah, Like, it's very... um. Sweeney Todd. It is. <laughs> really I
1: liked it, yeah. And we get yep. yesterday, tomorrow, and today, which is another song that I felt was very hunchback esque.
0: Yep. And it worth, culminates really, wasn't really well. was worth to spit at while he was still around?
1: Yeah. a great line. Yeah, really, really nice sequence. I think it does a good job at building up. It's a lot shorter than I've seen in other sequences. You know, in other films, mm. this this one is very, very short. But I guess the point is, you've seen everything. You are going to die, and no one will care because you need to change your ways yeah and we we come back to god bless us
0: yeah well so scrooge has this little bit before we go into god bless us everyone where he sings about how he he understands that everything he's being shown is from his own heart
1: yes and we also have the widower's girl show up as well in his fantasy and it's weird because she's been in most of these little sequences and because she is still this little is she supposed to be the embodiment of Scrooge's guilt?
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: <laughs> it's weird that she shows up here
0: in the stage show yeah lots of children show up here and it's just all the kids that have previously been in the show so the Crouch's kids you yeah. know just all the child ensemble wearing white but like Victorian clothes but all white and they're supposed to be angels okay like showing yeah. Scrooge like look if you change your ways you can
1: you can come with us you to the can heavy come with side lair
0: yeah so,
1: Yes, because it happened here. Then,
0: so as they arrive, they start to sing Let the Stars in the Sky. And because we've got this kid who has been used over and over again and she was the first person to say this line, God bless us, everyone. Yeah. She is the first angel to show up. And
1: but, basically she's dead then by that logic of it's the angel. So that Scrooge has killed two children.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> it is. Well, th- it's like at this point, yeah. When Scrooge has died, all of these kids that are coming back now, yeah. including Ruthie Henschel, his mum well, and his yeah. sister, all of these children that were being shown will die if Scrooge doesn't change his ways. Yes,
1: because this is it. It's like empty chairs, empty tables. Yeah. All the ghosts have shown up to sing at Scrooge and he wakes up. He has a sideshow Bob laugh as well when he wakes up. So he wakes up, realises it's Christmas Day. The ghosts did it. in some vote... Now, this might be Mandela effect. In some versions, they do it that it was going to happen over three nights, and in I'm 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 certain there's a line they did it in one night. Of course they can, they're spirits, they're great, they can do anything.
0: Yeah, that happens in this one.
1: Yeah, but uh, but I like that because he's like it's supposed to be over three nights, but they're like oh, and they did it in time for Christmas, and he has this yeah his sideshow pop laugh
0: ah in the book you're right. Jacob Marley tells Scrooge he will be visited by three ghosts on three successive nights. Yeah. However, on Christmas morning Scrooge awakes, having already been visited by three ghosts, the three nights have been compressed into a single night. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because of course they could, they're ghosts. Yes. Yeah. They could do whatever they want.
1: But it is weird. And I was like, maybe I've just misremembered that. Anyway.
0: Uh, the ghost of Christmas Yet to Come throws a white sheet over Scrooge at the end of that song yes. and then he wakes up in his bed tangled up in the sheet, which is quite funny. In the stage show there's something called a sheet dance. Yes. Which is her like dragging him Ooh. while he's covered in the sheet around. And I think it's actually done so that, from what I remember, Scrooge can go and get changed. So they throw the sheet over and then there's like an illusion where it's not actually him under the Fair sheet enough. anymore. He's gone off stage to to change.
1: Yeah, I like this. So he drags in the Artful Dodger. Yep. Um, His if name's I was, Jonathan. If I was this boy, I would genuinely think that Scrooge was about to kill me. You
0: are 100% would. This is hilarious. Because
1: A, children in this era go missing. Nobody cares. This especially boy is clearly... Especially
0: because this kid's an urchin. Right?
1: Absolutely. And especially everyone knows who Scrooge is. And the fact he's now completely out of character, hopping around laughing like, oh God, he's going to kill me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yes, uh, Scrooge gives him a sovereign... You know, and this is it that the, the prize turkey is is just a sovereign. London must be so poor if no one else has bought it. I'm sure there are plenty of people have this sovereign.
0: Well, I think this is the common man's poulterer. Yeah, poulterer because obviously, if Bob Cratchit is also buying from there, yeah, it's probably not expensive. It's not the same kind of place that you know the upper class are buying theirs from.
1: Yeah. So and
0: also, doesn't he buy a turkey?
1: No, he says the prize goose or the prize bird, and he gives no, it's
0: turkey in this one. Okay. Where like rich people bought goose.
1: Yeah, well, he gives it to the boy, but he also says keep the change. He gives him two sovereigns, yeah. and the boy's like, "Oh my god, I'm rich."
0: And he like I can stammers retire. Stammers over yeah. it, which is hilarious. He he's like and and. Uh the change <laughs> he's mm-hmm. not happy about it still but he's trying
1: no he's i thought stupid. he was really happy he seems really optimistic yeah, to he
0: grits me. his teeth when he's saying it oh
1: i thought he was really positive the no, thing i noticed he's doing
0: like a big smile yeah. while he does it but it's like a uh.
1: now that he's a good man he can stand up straight and walk without his cane
0: mm-hmm. because
1: apparently all these afflictions were just because he was evil which is always a weird choice, at least with the Jim Carrey one. Yeah, okay, suddenly he's more Jim Carrey doing Prattful sliding and a bit more physical. But he still needs to be a little bit hunched. He's still an old man. But with this version, suddenly he's young again.
0: It's not that like he's young, he's energised by goodness. Yes. We're working under the um, rolled doll rules here, where if you think ugly thoughts, you become ugly.
1: But yes. yes, so
0: Mrs. Mops comes in with his slice of turkey and a bit of pudding,
1: and he gives her a good—he
0: gives her a kiss and yeah. pinches her on the butt, <laughs> and, and like, she oh, screams. <laughs> she's like, Mr. Scrooge!" But she's into it, yes. so it's okay. That's a weird. It's one a awesome.
1: weird one, yeah. But then he goes about town. He bumps into Mr. Smythe and says that you're out of debt. That's mm. it. Don't worry. Which is really nice. And I, you know, he—he, he, we see the actual spirits walking the earth. Um, yeah. I thought I, I it was quite dishonest that they accept money from Scrooge. <laughs> They're spirits. They don't need money.
0: Yeah, they'll probably give it to somebody else though.
1: It's not about they faint. they have physical they,
0: embodiment. Oh no, they disappear. They magically. disappear
1: magically, so the spirits are dishonest. It's like it's like a heist movie. That's all this is. <laughs> They have robbed Scrooge of his money. They're like, we'll pretend we're spirits.
0: I love that for this entire... So there's three songs now, right, in succession. So we have Yesterday, Tomorrow and Today, What a Day, What a Sky, and then Christmas Together all in a row, like back to back. And for the entire thing, all the way up to Christmas Together, Mrs. Mops is chasing Mr. Scrooge with his coat and his scarf. And the entire time, she's just like holding it up, trying to get him to put it on. It's so funny.
1: I am... I really like that he plays the prank on Cratchit each time. Every like version. Him. It's always great. I love, I love it. I just think it's really like, he's like, oh, ho, ho, I'm, I'm going to have fun. I'm so funny. But do you know what? It is like such a joyful thing. It's like you're seeing him smile and he's like, you know, but this is the one person I want to go spend my Christmas with and I'm going to make them think, but then it's going to be a nice gesture. Mm. And do you know what his present to Mrs. Cratchit was?
0: Uh, extra work.
1: Yeah, extra work. A day of cooking.
0: It just uh, shows that Scrooge doesn't know how to cook. Well, but That's this why is a housekeeper. Exactly,
1: because... For a, for whatever animal he's got her, you need to start that on Christmas Eve and you need to cook it through the night mm. or else assuming it's not going to be ready.
0: they have the ability to freeze that turkey, and not everybody did, but assuming that they can freeze that turkey, that could feed them for like a month. Yeah,
1: they can't freeze. They, there's no way they're freezing that turkey. No, because
0: ice was really expensive. Yeah, there's
1: no way they're freezing that turkey. But yes, and then Scrooge goes for dinner with Fred, which I think is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And he's a better man. Yes. And, you know, God bless us, everyone.
0: God bless us, everyone.
1: So, what is your best song in A Christmas Carol, the musical?
0: Um, <laughs> Abundance and Charity.
1: I said Dancing on the Grave slash Link by Link.
0: Cool.
1: I like those two songs a heck of a lot.
0: After we watched this, I added a bunch of these songs to my christmas playlist but i added link by link lights of long ago a place called home fezzy annual christmas ball and yeah. abundance and charity to my christmas playlist
1: so it's interesting place called home is my skip song i know i, just, I knew you
0: were gonna say that i think
1: it's dull yeah to it's be a conc- ballad
0: it's like the only ballad yeah
1: i but this is it i think the rest of the songs are really well done it's just kind of dull because of it it's also too short
0: that song made me cry while we were watching this so i did fun. not even notice <laughs> i'm aware <laughs> um i like christmas together as well
1: what what's... is your skip song i i see i don't like christmas together as well because i don't like the weird bit with the drunks in the middle like when we see the londoners i really didn't like that bit
0: no i mean the finale one.
1: Oh yeah that's okay yeah what's your skip song
0: Probably you mean more to me. Mm. Sorry, Cratchits, but Yeah,
1: it's it's not you know, one more seek till Christmas you know as a Cratchit song, is it? Like yeah. Kermit.
0: oh the little I can't remember what the song's called, but the one where they're like boom ba doom ba doom ba Boom. Pa, yeah, loom, they have pa. their little like, they're just like walking on. Charlotte season to be dry and joyous. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, that's well, the best. Right.
1: Kermit the Frog is the definitive Bob Cratchit. <laughs> yeah, like, right. everyone else has to compare to Kermit, which is crazy, isn't it?
0: Sorry, Mickey Mouse.
1: Who is your MVP?
0: Guess Kelsey Grammer. Mm. Because he made me really like Scrooge. Yeah, and this care is about definitely him.
1: one of the most sympathetic versions of Scrooge. Mm. I'm fully on board with the fact that he's not a bad person. He is a victim of his past. Yeah. And he's taken the wrong message from things... Mm.
0: And but, he does need to learn from his own actions, but he, does. he can be a good person.
1: Exactly. And this is it. It's what he learns is this is why you do the things you do, but this is how the things you are doing are affecting other people.
0: And he never and this... seems to enjoy being mean either. Yeah. He just is doing what he thinks is right. Whereas the Jim Carrey one, he seems to in genuinely enjoy being nasty yes. to people.
1: I, I don't. I think he's my MVP. He's great. Yeah. I don't like what he does with the face a lot of the time. Like the whole hunching it and furrowing his brow. It's a weird, it's weird and it happens too much. And sometimes it's very off-putting and distracting. Yeah. But I do think he does a good job at showing Scrooge's journey.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But I think the ghosts are tremendous as well. Uh, I especially like Jane Krakowski because Mm -hmm. I think her playfulness is really, really fun.
0: Yeah. Who would you want to play? Oh,
1: I want to play (laughs) Scrooge. I would, love, I would love to play the character of Scrooge, and I would love to do that journey, mm-hmm. and I think it would be a lot of fun. Cool. Who would you like to play?
0: Christmas Past. I think that's the best female role. I wouldn't, I'd enjoy playing Emily. I love her songs. I think they're beautiful, but yeah. she's not in very much of it. No. Whereas I feel like I'd really enjoy well, being Christmas Past and then being an ensemble member for the rest of the show.
1: See, this is the thing. There's a lot of great ensemble roles I'd love to be Marley I think Mm. Marley would be a lot of fun yeah
0: because in the stage show if you play Marley you then become ensemble for the rest of the show you change costumes and you're in all the chorus numbers Fezziwig
1: would also be a great role to play yep there's some that's one of the fun things about Christmas Carol is there's so many good ensemble roles I'd love to be the ghost of Christmas present Mm. but I really just love the character of Scrooge just Mm. the transformation aspect fun fact always I've got
0: the entire script nice (laughs) can we please do Christmas Carol, the musical, as a school show.
1: It'd be fantastic if we could, but uh, probably not during Christmas month. I've tried. I've tried. I really would love to do Christmas Carol as a school show. The
0: musical.
1: Would, full stop. Would love to do Christmas Carol as a school the show. Musical. <laughs> Um, So over to Twitter, we did not have time this week for Instagram because I went on a self-imposed internet ban Yeah, because of Spider-Man. I did not want to see pictures of Spider-Man before seeing it. So Mm. I went on an internet ban and I actually put this up very, very early, uh, you know, so I could take a little exile from social media. And luckily I went in. Spoiler free, I managed to make it. And if you haven't, go see Spider-Man. It's brilliant. I Mm -hmm. won't spoil it for you because everyone should see it. But we only did Twitter this week. I had three options. Yes, love it. It's okay. And no, I prefer Muppets simply because it's the closest comparison. Is the Alistair Sim on a musical? Because I know it ends on a song. Okay. Maybe we'll have to cover that at some point. Mm. So uh, 37% of people said it's Okay. 31% of people said, no, I prefer The Muppets. 32% of people said, yes, love it. So it's uh, actually, you know, quite close. Uh, I did have a conversation again. So there was a big BFE thread, you know, from our friends at the Best Film Ever podcast. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about different versions of Christmas Carol. And uh, one of their listeners, who I talked to quite a bit, Rev Bruce at Bruce H McRae, Gave his top five list. Yes. The number one was Alistair Sim. But the second one was this. And I thought it was really, really interesting. Because other than you, no one has ever talked about the Hallmark Entertainment Christmas Carol. And he said, we are a musical, because I pressed him a little bit on it. I said, that's really interesting. We're actually covering this. No one's, you know, no one tells me about this. And he said, we're a musical theatre family and we love it. One of the best scenes is the Fezziwig party. Mm Mm-hmm so I said I'll shout you out when we record sure. Ian from Best Film Ever replied and said the musical Christmas Carol is horrendous
0: yeah I knew he did that
1: <laughs> hi Ian uh, it's not horrendous hi
0: Ian you're wrong
1: um, it's not the Muppets I will say that it's not the Muppets Christmas Carol
0: but I think that this is really interesting because I think a lot of people sort of my age and above millennials yeah grew up watching the Muppets Christmas Carol and also, some people grew up watching this version. I didn't. Yeah. I grew up with Christmas Carol Muppets Christmas Carol, but I didn't see it until I was like over 10 years old. Yeah, same.
1: I didn't watch it until I was 17 or 18.
0: Yeah. And I didn't see this version until my mum said, we've g- we got tickets to go and see the Christmas Carol, the musical. It's written by Alan Menken in 2017. Mm. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. And then I watched the Kelsey Grammer version. I was like, this is amazing. I love this.
1: Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. I still will say that my definitive, my favourite Christmas carol is The Muppets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a lot of these songs haven't been stuck in my head since. But I enjoyed this. And whilst maybe some of the performances are a little OTT and may, you know, maybe some of the editing, because you can see where the ad breaks are as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's a made for TV movie. But you could see where this would work as a full Broadway, full West End production. This would work. There's a lot to it that done right would make this a tremendous spectacle. Yeah. So I gave this one four stars. May not be the best version, and I'm sure there are better versions of A Christmas card that you can watch, Mm -hmm. especially the musical. But I thought Kelsey Grammer was good. I think the cast did a good job. The songs are quite fun, quite upbeat. It's not a Muppet beater. But to be honest, what is... Until I get the WWE Studios version of A Christmas Carol with Vince <laughs> McMahon as Scrooge, <laughs> sure. nothing is going to beat it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and regularly, I've got a friend that regularly will reach out and look at the current roster and do Christmas Carol with WWE. And obviously a year ago, I'd have said The Fiend, for The Ghost of Christmas Yet to Be, it would be fantastic. Not happening anymore, but... You know, if ever there was a missed opportunity for the past 10 years, I would say WWE Christmas Carol, they're missing a treat. Mm -hmm. So, happy Christmas, everyone. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Um, The next time we'll talk to you will be the 27th of December for our last show of the year. And what are we going to be talking about?
0: We are going to be talking about West Side Story.
1: Yes, we are. The brand new Steven Spielberg West Side Story. Mm -hmm. The uh, musical film... That is bringing hope back to musical films, apparently.
0: Unless you're Steven Spielberg, in which case I'm sure you're wondering what happened to the other 150 million of your dollars.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I've enjoyed a lot of the musical films that we've seen. You, you do. know, I'm not so much of a Scrooge with a bar humbug attitude when mm. it comes to movie musicals.
0: Except for Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> we had a good time. I
1: enjoyed it, don't get me <laughs> wrong. It makes me want to see the stage show does it yeah oh my
0: God, okay but
1: then i want to see the definitive dear evan hansen experience not the in the same way with jamie i want to see the proper version of everyone's talking about jamie not something yeah, with the changed. legend of
0: loco chanel <laughs> i will never not be better
1: yes well that will be next week and we will also be bringing you an episode where we talk about our year in review thank you to everyone who's contributed i'm very excited to talk you know count down to new year's with our 10, nine, eight. our and talk about our top 10 musicals that we have watched this year. So thank you to everyone who's got involved in the conversation. Yep. And obviously, watch this space for the Best Film Ever podcast. We're going to be joining them as they talk about the top 10 movie musicals of all time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're both very excited. We've got some on our list that's similar, but <laughs> not very many. Not very many.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can obviously watch that space for the Best Film Ever Real Roundtable coming out. We will retweet it when it's out, and you can click that link and enjoy. Yes,
0: indeed.
1: As always, you can get involved in any conversation about West Side Story on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod, and you can find us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, which you can now leave us a review on, Stitcher, Amazon Music under the podcast section, Google, Good Pods, and our OG hosts, Podbean. And if you do like what we do, as it's Christmas, why not leave us a review over on apple podcasts over on good pods over on spotify or podchaser.com thank you so much to everyone for listening and until next week same back place same back channel i hope you all have a wonderful christmas
0: and have a magical musical monday